Just remain standing. Let's go to the book of Jude tonight. One little chapter, but it's so powerful, has a central theme of warning to push us to stand for truth, not to compromise in the last days, to be careful for people on the outside that would try to to pervert or sway truth, but more importantly, be careful of people on the inside who drift from the truth and are bewitched by the pleasures and treasures of this world. In fact, tonight, that's probably the part I'm going to touch on the most because it's one thing for the winds to blow on the outside, but it's another for the winds to change on the inside. Amen? The outside will never stop us from preaching the gospel, but we can stop ourselves by compromising the truth of God's word. Amen? So let's go to the book of Jude tonight. We'll pick up in verse 11 as we continue to preach on the series of fighting for the faith. When you have it, say amen. Let's go tonight. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. You know, Jude has this, he gives us this blueprint, but also he gives us stories that we can understand and represent. He gives us situations and scenarios where he not only tells you what's wrong, he gives you examples so that you can follow. He gives three more right here. He says, for they gone the way of Cain. They have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Powerful. Let's go one more verse. These are spots, somebody say spots, in your love feast while the feast with you without fear. That, that, is, a, that is a powerful statement in 2018. It means, and I'm going to teach on this in a few moments, but it means that there are people inside the church that know that they're in sin, but they don't care. There is such rebellion. They will bring a reproach to the church and it doesn't faze them. Woe to them. Amen? Serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, cared about by the winds, laid autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. That's what I'm going to teach tonight. Are you ready? All right. Now remember this tonight. This is for the people that stayed home. Amen. So if it gets tough in a few moments, just go ahead in your mind. Say, mm-hmm. I know he's talking about those who stayed home. Right, Brother Joe? Amen. Let's go tonight. Father, we love you. We give you praise in this house. Speak to us. Let the word come alive tonight. Let the word come alive. Let it be so simple in our minds and hearts Even though the revelation truth is so deep, let us now grasp hold of it. And God, when we leave here, we will not only know what not to do, we will know also what to do concerning your truth. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Sean Jude begins to write to us to talk about this common salvation but it's almost as if he begins to pin that the Holy Ghost says, no, I don't want you to talk about the common salvation that we all share. I want you to urge the church in the last days to contend, to fight. Fight for what? Fleshly things? No. 
fight for what's important to me? No, but fight for the truth that God has given to us. He says, I want you to write because there are influential people on the outside and even more so, Ronnie, tonight, influential people on the inside who are trying to pervert the truth of Almighty God, to take what was precious and cheapen it to make it almost of none effect, to take the grace of God and make it so cheap that people can live in immorality and also think that they are bound for heaven. Brother Nolan, you're preaching a perfection gospel. No, I'm not. I believe that there's nobody in this house that has not made a mistake this week. All right, now we're all on the same page, right? However, though, as your pastor, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to step into a sin, repent, and step out of it. But it's another thing altogether to live in a lifestyle of sin, and instead of repenting and being changed, we try to change the church, our denomination, more importantly, God's word to fit our lifestyles so that we might stay in sin and also have the comforts of the church. And Jew says, no. We're going to fight for what's right. We're going to stand for truth. We're not going to foster an atmosphere of chaos where religion of unbiblical things are promoted and sacred things are destroyed. He says, no, we're going to stand up and fight for the faith in Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen and give God praise tonight in this house? <laughs> to do that, he gives us four distinct movements. These movements are outlined beginning in verse 5. Between verse 5 and verse 7, he gives us Old Testament examples of God's judgment against the sins of the ungodly. It's to remind us as the children of Israel who did not repent and God judged them, God will always judge sin. Not only does he give us these examples, he also gives us the characteristics from which we can follow. That leads us to the second movement that we talked about last week. Between verse 8 and verse 10, he shows us that behind this movement, these people who live in sin that God judges, he gives us the heart of these people, what he calls false prophets. He shows us their attitudes, their motives, the way they function, how they live. He shows them why that these people are promoting these false teachings. I told you last week that when a man of God is preaching or a woman is preaching a false doctrine, it's always to please flesh of man and not the spirit of God. When I start preaching things like this, it's one thing for me to stand and say, we got kids going to the junior talent. Our church has provided the means for them to go. I can get in this pulpit tonight and say, listen, we've got to take up an offering for our children to go represent our church. There's nothing wrong with that. But if I get in this pulpit tonight and I twist some Old Testament scripture to show you how I believe that you should take up an offering for, for me, hello, because I need another vehicle, hello, Come on now. Now, if you want to buy me one, that's one thing. 
but for me to get up in this pulpit and to take from you when I already have, that's another. When a man begins to preach or woman false teaching, you better look out. They're trying to scratch a selfish, fleshly itch that's, I feel the Holy Ghost, that somehow is not up under the blood. They have quit praying. They have quit fasting. They are in the land of sin. And instead of coming back up under the umbrella of true grace, they'll find somebody, some denomination. I'm going to be a little bold here tonight. There's been some people that have left our church since I've been here. I believe God has led them somewhere for us to do ministry. They found a good church and I bless that. But you also hear me tonight. I'm going to make a bold statement. There's been some other people that have left us. They don't like when I preach on things like I'm preaching tonight. You hear me? Because I didn't come here to receive a paycheck. I came here to preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you that if we're saved by the blood, we will not take offense when a man or woman of God preaches the truth of the word in love and stands for what is right. I feel good. Kevin, I'm gonna get in trouble tonight. I feel good about the teaching of the word. So let's pick up now on the third movement. The third movement tonight is found in verse 11, if you'll pull that up for me. In verse 11, now those false prophets, he pronounces judgment upon them. He says, woe to them. Not only does he pronounce judgment, excuse me, he also begins to show you the reasoning, and I love this about Jude, because he wants you to either identify in your own life if there is a thread of this, or he tells North Walhalla tonight, we've got to always be on guard to make sure, first of all, that we do not go the way of Cain. Brother Nolan, what is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is telling God what he should accept. God, you have no right asking me of certain things. One brother bought, brought the best of a sacrifice. The other brought the best of the ground. The word teaches us that the best of the ground could not be accepted. It would give the appearance that salvation foreshadowing later could be brought another way. What can wash away my sins? Not the best of the ground, but the blood. This was nothing personal against Cain. God was not even mad at Cain, I can prove that. He says, Darren, boy, you know what to do. Just go do what is right. But that Cain spirit, that Cain spirit says, preacher just wants my money. That Cain spirit says, North Mahala's got too many people. I, I'm gonna go somewhere else. That Cain spirit says, God, I know you are calling me to do more, but I don't wanna do more. It's 2018, God. Church is not what it used to be. If I wanna come to church once a year, you should accept that, God. Come on now. I told you it's about the people who stayed home. Cain is that reckless spirit, that haughty spirit, as the old church used to say. It is wrapped up with impure motives, but it has a religious bow. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm going to dig deep. I, I pray this gets out. You can quote me, tweet me. It doesn't matter. That Cain's spirit is alive and well in the church of God. That Cain's spirit is alive and well amongst the pastoral ranks. That Cain's spirit tonight is where I go to the church I want to go to because it gives me certain benefits. I know God's called me to Nineveh, but I don't want to go to Nineveh. So God, I'll go somewhere else, even though it's not the perfect will of God, it's the permissible will of God. But you know what I've learned? Sometimes when you get out in that permissible will of God, you don't like that permissible will of God. That king's spirit is ugly. Oh, it's wrapped up nice. It's still a gift of God. It's still, it's still a gift of God. It looks like God should take it. But God is saying to Neil tonight, Neil, I don't want you to pro provide me a singing ministry. I've called you to preach the word. But God, I don't want to preach the word. I want to go home and run my dad's business, God. I don't want to preach the word. I want to live in my house, God. So God, I'll give you some money. I'll give you some offering. I'll give you something from the field. I know you called me to preach the gospel. See, that king's spirit will tell God, no. No, God, I will not give that. And this is where I want to, I want to break this down. Are you with me tonight? That king's spirit has the audacity to tell God what he should receive. And then that Cain's spirit is jealous. I'm, I'm, this is where I'm gonna preach, and I've been guilty here. Ronnie, I've been guilty here, I'm being honest. Brother Mark Space, I've been guilty. That Cain's spirit, I see somebody else doing right, and then we're trying to find fault with them. Right? Do what your brother did. Your brother was right. No, I, I'm not going to do what he did. I don't like what he did. He showed me up. He didn't show you up. Your sin showed you out. Come on now. He didn't show you up. So what we do instead of coming up on a correction, a seed of jealousy comes in the church. Hello? Well, Brother Noah, we're, we're the Salem Church of God is our enemy. No, they're not. They're our brothers. Cherry Hill, I was there the other night. They've got a new pastor. I'm going to help them. I'm also now that I brought two, when I say brought as the district overseer, now it's so just announcement to you. Now that we have two new pastors, I didn't give them an option of this. We're going to start doing a quarterly meeting with all our churches because I believe that together we can do more. Why we got to be separated all the time? They're our brothers and sisters. Our church is the largest to sit. They'll come. We'll use some of their talent. We'll use some of ours. We'll bring in a preacher that we can agree on. Let them preach the word and then send them back out. But we we'll see when you got that cane spirit, everybody else is wrong and you're right. Even though the word shows you. No, Brother Nola, you're wrong. If I don't want my wife, I don't want her. Brother Nolan, if I don't want to come to church, if I don't want to do this, if I don't want to submit, if I don't want to love my neighbor, I'll find the excuse and I'll put it in the face of a preacher. And Neil, to be honest with you, you can either accept it or I will go down the road and I will find somebody else who will. Yes, you will. But I also tell you this though. When sickness comes, I pray that same preacher can pray it out too though. 
I'm not saying I'm the only one, but I'm telling you this, I believe there's some grandmas in this church that can pray the devil out of somebody. Are you listening to me tonight? That king spirit says no matter how great the gift is, your heart is wrong. And as long as your heart is wrong, the gift doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about the gift, Brother Nolan, he should have been pleased. No, that, that, that king spirit is jealous. It's I can always do better. I don't care what you think. I'll do my own thing. I'm so envious. You only get your way. You got where you're at because of this. We find fault with everybody else, but we plead grace for our own life. Hear me tonight, envy and jealousy will destroy you. The sad part with the Cain spirit, he knew what was right. He just refused to do what is right. Tonight, right before church, I was bragging on Aiden. A lot of changes since youth camp. I'm seeing him grow up. He's becoming a teenager, still trying to find his way. And most likely before the week's out, I'll probably have to spank him before Sunday. But, but that's, just, that's just raising children, right? I was bragging on him to Anthony and Wayne to them right out front. And with today's technology, I saw him sitting right there. And all of a sudden, he just got this spirit of clumsy foolishness on him. I don't know where it came from. And he was just going to prop up his legs on the, on the seat in front of him as if he owned the place. You're understanding. I walked right in, and when the greatest growth that I've seen my son make in, in, over the summer, as I said, come here. I didn't embarrass him. But I said, what are you doing? What do you mean what I'm doing? I said, you're not going to throw your feet up there like you own the place. This is God's house. I know you're still a kid, but when you come in here, when you get in the sanctuary, you at least can bring a little bit of reverence. Some people may not know that. Some kids may not know that, but you know better. And he said to me, you're right, Dad. Now listen, he may do that Sunday and, and I may get a little stronger Sunday. But when he said, you're right, Dad, I know better. Man, my heart's glad. Because that Cain spirit hates to come up under subjection. A king spirit says, I know I'm right. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want. You can tell God to shut up. You can tell God to keep his word. I know you should appreciate this, Neil. I will do what I want to. I'm older than you. I've been in the church longer than you. I will do what I want. Yes, you will. But you hear me tonight. You also will pay the price. Secondly tonight, let's move quickly. Somebody look to your neighbor and say, don't have the Cain spirit. The next was Balaam. Now, Balaam's a, a funny story. <laughs> Balaam's a story. <laughs> I like Balaam. Let me just get my composure. In the book of Numbers, it teaches of, of Balaam. Balaam. Balaam's a story of a prophet of God who was known to speak and when he spoke, things happened. That that he blessed, he blessed. That that he cursed, he cursed. All of a sudden, a king heard about that. And that king said, oh yeah, I want that man on my side. I, I feel God in this house tonight. See, when the enemy can't get you to go against God, he'll just get you to compromise against God to rationalize against God. 
So that king sent out to the prophet and said, listen, I know they're your people, but how about come on our side? Just, just come on our side. Darren, am I preaching truth tonight? Just come on our side. I'll pay you to switch sides in the middle of the game. I've got some people I want you to curse because we can't defeat them. Hello? He says, no, I don't think I can do that. So the king sends back another group. And if you read the scripture, this group was a little more of the up and up, of the upper level. And this group offered a little more money. And this went on back and forth to finally, and listen, I would love to tell you that the man of God just rebuked them and said no and quoted the scripture, but he didn't. He kept going to God saying, God, is this okay? And finally God says, you know what, do whatever you want. You're not going to listen anyway. I've already told you no. And not only have I told you no, listen to me, you know better. I just got to say this tonight. I think sometimes in 2018, we just got to look at some people and go, you know better. I love you. I'm going to pray for you. But you know better. I, I, I can't let you, like a friend of mine recently, where two couples in the church of God, two couples in the same church, went to the pastor and said, you know what? We're unhappy in our marriage. We just want to swap partners and we want you to bless it. You know, sometimes you just got to say, you, you know better. You understand? <laughs> Hello? Can't you see Ronnie Murphy coming to me trying to do that tonight? His wife, his wife, I have him on a pole out there in Salem before you can blink and turn around. And I love to tell you that I'm joking, but I'm not joking. We live in a wicked hour. And what did the man of God say of the Old Testament? They would call evil good and good evil just finding ourselves, We are evolving as a people. We are coming of age. With technology, we are finding new territory. There's still no greater territory than the blood of Jesus Christ. Balaam is that that we know better, but because somebody has put a carrot in front of our face, we are doing our best to change the narrative because we have convinced ourselves that these people can give us more than God can. I want to build that parking lot. I want to see a building built. I want us to keep going left and I want us to keep going right. Are you listening? I hope one day that we go from all over because of ministry that's going on but we cannot change to do it. Now we may change the light bulbs. We may have to put new carpet. It won't be long. This has been this way for a while, I'm sure. You've already talked about remodeling before I got here. That, I'm not talking about changing paint and mortar. What I'm talking about is changing the DNA of our church. And the DNA is not a style of music. It's not a style of clothing. Our DNA is that we preach the word of God through the power of Pentecost and we don't back up from the truth of God's word and we love anybody that comes, but we love them enough to tell them about who God really is and how God can turn their life around. Can't buy that. No. Can't buy that. 
I've already been in my, in my ministry three different times. I know where I've sat across from men that could have made me a millionaire in a moment, in a moment, in one moment, a millionaire in a moment. You understand? Three different times they told me, you ask, we'll give it to you. Three different times they told me. One said, I want you to run a TV station. The other said, I've got a million dollars right there in that safe. If you ask for it, I'll give it to you. But every time, every time, listen, I'm not above receiving blessings. I'm blessed. This church blesses me. I'm not above receiving gifts in the right manner. But you, would you hear me tonight? I'll never go begging because if I have to go begging, I will be beholden to that man and I will have to cater to that woman or I will have to cater to that situation. No, 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 no. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. God will bring it back around. Listen, I'm a preach. Listen, I've, I was walking today. I was walking today in that parking lot. I said, God, you can amaze us. I'm asking you, do greater than me. Do greater than me in spite of what I don't know, in spite of what I can't build, in spite of the money I don't have, God. I know you do have it, and I know that you're more than able. Amaze us again. Show your glory one more time, God, and let people see you show up in every situation. That's Balaam. And even when we defile it, what happened? He gets on an animal, my preaching truth. You know, I've preached this to you before, or finally, when the animal wouldn't go, he almost beat him to death. And finally, God had to use an object that doesn't normally speak to tell him, don't you see the heavenly being in front of you? You can't see it if your eyes are glued on the world. You can't see it. I rode with Scotty Hager, Trey Brown, and Josh Childers the other night coming back from a funeral. Nothing wrong with this. I like to hunt myself. But Josh Childers is probably the greatest hunter I've ever met. He kills deer. If you were at our men's thing, you saw the mass of deer he kills in Kansas. It was uncanny, uncanny, Brother Allen. We were driving along and see a field. He'll say, you see that four point over there? I'll turn, there's a four point. You see those two does over there? And I'll turn and there's two does. To be honest with you now, we were on our way to a restaurant and I had chicken on my mind, not deer, you understand? <laughs> I saw it, but I saw it after he saw it. I wanna tell you tonight, you see what you're looking for. But when you've been bewitched by the enemy and you have compromised, we try to provide the best children's ministry for you. And Ashley, even though this is our first church coming into following Trish, very successful children's pastor, much like me following Scotty, God's blessed us, gave us our kids. We saw that we're blessed. You got a pretty decent pastor. <laughs> great pastoral staff, and we try to do the best, but I want you to hear me tonight. I'm gonna make a bold statement. I know you're not gonna agree with it, and that's fine. Go ahead, look to your neighbor and tell them, say, I, I don't agree. Go ahead and do that for me, go ahead. That, there you go. So that way, I, when I say it, I don't have to apologize. I will never take my children to a church, though, or my family, and base my decision only, I said only, 
of going to that church on what benefits the likes of two-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 22-year-olds, or 92-year-olds. It's a bold statement, isn't it? Because there are some places that will have the Clemson University slides, but if they don't have this, and nothing wrong with the Clemson University slides, I like to have that myself, and we're working on it. Maybe not a slide, but you understand, we got stuff for our kids right down here. We invest a lot of money in our children's ministry and gonna invest more because we want them to have this right here. But the fun alone is not sufficient. If you put your child in the church and at 21, now listen, I'm already stretching some of our staff and I'm about to stretch them even more. They already know this. I wanna know what they're teaching them next year. What is your goal next year? I wanna know now in our next three staff meetings, what do you plan in 2019? That way when a mama comes to me, I can tell them your child's gonna learn three things next year. They're not gonna learn a thousand things, but if they learn about the blood, if they learn about healing, or if they learn about the power of the Holy Spirit, if your child can learn those three things next year, if they can learn that God will never leave them or or forsake them, if they can learn about the Trinity, or if they can learn about the power of the Holy Spirit, if, if your kids only learn those three things next year, they'll turn your home upside down. But, but they just can't come for the ice cream. Just like the adults just can't come for the chicken. It's quiet. Come on. <laughs> Last thing I close. Thank you, Sister Katie. Last thing that I close. Look to your neighbor and say, I love my pastor. <laughs> and I love you too. The last one comes from the book of Numbers as well. He says about Korah. And the word now is not just greedy as it was with Balaam. Who The Bible's clear. It was strictly for profit. And I want to be clear when I say that before I move forward. There's people in this church that's blessed me with gifts. And I, I'm so appreciative. You're good to me. That's not what that scripture means. But I can't trade truth for gifts. You understand? Last and I close tonight. He says that they're going in rebellion. Korah is the story of somebody who wanted somebody else's position, who thought they could do it better. And instead of allowing God to work, they tried to assert their authority and stuck their finger in the face of authority and basically said, we're gonna overthrow you. You think that you run this place and we're gonna take it. The authority that God set up there was God's authority. Now listen to me. Even if I fail tonight, if there was a rebellious sin in my life, I'm gonna make another bold statement. You better be careful how you touch the pulpit. And listen to me, listen to me, hear me clearly. I'm not saying give me a free pass. 
I'm not saying for the deacons, if I was in a, having an affair right now, I'm not saying the deacons should say, oh, that's okay, Pastor. No, they should call the state overseer because I'm the district overseer. They should call the state overseer privately. They should say our pastor is in open sin. We have confronted him privately. He has admitted to that. He has asked for you to come to the situation. The overseer will come to me. He will bring me up under his wing. He will take me out of this church and he will start a restoration restoration process and a new pastor would come surely but what I am saying is this in that process there would still be order and the church would be edified and there would not be chaos but in the last days there is going to be a Korah spirit that spirit that says I know I didn't earn it I know I'm not called to do it I know it's not my position but brother Nolan I'm going to be honest I don't like the way you preach I don't like the conviction that I feel, so I'm going to get you out of that position. Is anybody listening? I'm going to get my church back. I don't like when you preach so straightforward. I don't like the, that you teach on things. I'd rather you only teach from Psalms or teach from this or that. You better be careful because Psalms will convict you too, sister. Hello? That chorus spirit is the one that rises up because they think, listen to me, they think they can do the job, but they can't. Let me tell you what the Holy Ghost showed me today. The difference between Korah and Moses, you know what the difference is? Sister Katie, when Korah wanted that, he opposed him in an unrighteous manner. And God says, step away, Moses. I'm gonna kill them all. My preaching truth. What did Moses do? I feel God. I want you to hear me before I close. What did Moses do? Moses stood back up and fell on his face and Moses said, God, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't kill all of them. It wasn't all of them. It was just a few, God. And what did God tell him? God said, well, you better go back and you better tell them they better get on the other side of the track because when I come, I'm going to deal with this situation. And if they don't want to be dealt with, they better separate themselves. Ah, you listen to me. You better be careful when you go against righteous word or righteous authority. You can get in a back group. You can get by yourself. You can have a little clique that says, if we do this and this will happen, and if we hold this, this will happen, and if we do this, this will happen. Jude says that's that last day move, that apostasy, that apostate teaching that will rise up against the word of God in a spirit of rebellion to pull down men and women of God who pray and fast. I've come to warn somebody tonight. We can't have the spirit of Cain, the spirit of Balaam, but for some reason, I feel the Holy Ghost saying, you speak to that spirit of Korah and you tell it, it does not have place at the North Wahala Church of God. This is the place for the Holy Ghost. My. Um... You go home and read it. Number 16 and numbers 22. You go home and read both stories. But there's a little battle. With incense, you can just read it. But at the end of the story, listen to me. God says one more time. Moses, I'm going to deal with this. And Moses pleads again for the people. The difference between a false teacher and a true woman or man of God is that even if the sheep bites them, if they're sheep, 
he'll still plead the blood of Jesus for him. There are times I cannot tell my spouse because I know what's been said to me, they didn't mean it. And I know them well enough that soon they're gonna apologize. I'll wrap my arms around them and it'll be all right. But my wife's different. I'm husband before I'm pastor. Now stop putting belittling her, but I'm husband before I'm pastor. There's been times later she has said, I heard somebody say this about you. Let me give you some wisdom. If you ever see her go on Facebook and she does something like this, I have the best husband. He is so great. He provides for us. Let me tell you what's happened. Somebody says something pretty awful about me. And she's not going to get in the flesh, so she's going to praise me. I love, I love that about her. So tomorrow if you see her say, I've got the best looking preacher in North Walhalla. Let me tell you, somebody has called me an ugly dog. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> She sees me as husband first. But a true man of God, even if we disagree, and I could be wrong, let's take it that for authority, that you didn't receive correction or the word that I preached to you, you didn't like it. A true man of God's gonna stand up and say, Father, they're in error right now, but they're my sheep and I love them, and I plead the blood over them. That's the difference between Moses and Korah. Korah didn't want the sheep, he just wanted the job. And there are too many people. I've got some people that go to this church right now that are in bad situations and they're hurting, and I hurt with them. I hurt with them. And I'm believing for a turnaround. We gotta be able to preach this truth and power and love, but we also still gotta be able to say, God, don't kill them all. Don't kill them all. Our brother, know what happened? Moses said, if you don't die, if you die by natural causes, then I'm not the man. But if you die by an unnatural cause, as if the ground opening up, then God still has me in charge. If you read the rest of the story, an earthquake of supernatural proportions took place. I feel sacredness in this house. Would you stand with me quickly, please? God. There are many that have been led astray their eyes are open to the world. They have been enticed, persuaded, and they followed. 
Do I love them? Yea, I love them, saith the Lord. But I also plead for them tonight as I plead for you. And I tell you this night, do not stray from me. Hold to the truth. Grab a hold of it and protect it as if it is your child. That truth has prevailed in your life and that truth still prevails in your life and that truth shall prevail in your life. Hear me, my children. I am God. I am soon coming to you. I tell you, do not stray from the truth. Would you lift your hands and honor God tonight as we've just seen the book of Corinthians come to life. In order, hallelujah. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give God praise. Michelle, Michelle, will you come to the piano? I, I need somebody to softly play. I, I, I don't know what you gotta do tonight. I wanna call us to a place of prayer right now. I'm not gonna dismiss. If you need to leave, you leave. But I feel led to call the church to a place of prayer right now. So as she begins to play softly, I want you to find a place. I know the Holy Spirit just spoke to us with interpretation as concerning the book of Corinthians in order. And I'm telling you that the truth that we have, we cannot let it be stolen from us. Amen? I want you to find a place of prayer. I want you to examine your life and have a place of consecration tonight. And I want you to repent if need be. But listen, this is what I really feel tonight, Joe. Grab your spouse. Draw a line in the sand. Make a declaration tonight. Let God know, God, you can count on me. You brought me to this church to grab a hold with this preacher and we're gonna preach the truth in love and we're not gonna back up from it. The day I quit preaching this, I'll go home. I'll go home. This is what's kept me through it all. This is why I didn't go back and work in other places for money because this right here has made the difference in my life. Amen. All over the house. Would you find a place at the altar, somewhere in the sanctuary? I like to walk and pray. You said, Brother Nolan, I've got to go. I understand that. Then, and I'll be honest with you, though. I feel like you should first find a place to pray. I feel the Holy Ghost saying to you tonight, everybody in the house needs to find a place to lay before me, kneel before me, sit before me, and have a conversation with me. Once you're done, I'll see you Sunday morning. But let's find that now. Would you move quickly, please? Find a place to pray. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry tonight. Find a place. Find a place. Hallelujah.